0: Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome on the Culture News. My name is David Cerrero, and I have the pleasure today on radio to introduce to you a wonderful man. His name is Mr. Keith Gray. Mr. Keith Gray is ranked as one of the most inspirational figures in the luxury watch and jewelry industry. This is a very, very important man that we're lucky to have over the phone all the way from Miami he has devoted all his life to his wonderful uh, company, and he's also helping charity and helping animals. We love that. Ladies and gentlemen, right now on the phone is Keith Gray. Keith, how are you today?
1: Great, and it's a pleasure to be with you, David. Thank you very much for such a warm in- introduction. Uh, so
0: first of all, I would love to know, uh, Keith, where are you from? and where where did you grow up? What sort of education did you have like your school your your courses, and what brought you to your first job
1: my My education I started in humble beginnings in Queens, Long Island, New York, and New Hyde Park. I went to elementary school there, and from there, my parents moved to Miami, where I then spent the next three. Years in junior high school uh, on Miami Beach, and uh, finally I had the fortune of going to boarding school, preparatory school in New England, in Massachusetts, uh, Ivy League school called Northfield Mount Hermon, where I spent my 10th, 11th, and 12th grade away from home, and that really was a game
0: changer for. But that, that's a very good already start. And then, what what brought you to the to the jewelry industry? How did you start? From
1: from Massachusetts and the boarding school, I went on to University of Florida. I was planning on becoming a veterinarian. I do have a degree, a bachelor's in zoology. I took a break in 1980. When gold went to $800 an ounce and silver went to almost $50 an ounce, and I opened up a little store buying people's old jewelry and unwanted sterling silver, and lo and behold, there was a big retirement community here on Miami Beach, so people were literally lining up out the door to sell their heirlooms, which they no longer needed. I was buying beautiful things, and I could not get myself to melt these things or sell them to the refinery just for metal value. And it ended up one month after opening, I worked my first show. It was a antique show, and then a jewelry show, and then a flea market. And after six months, I found out I wasn't the only one that thought the items I was buying was worth more than its precious metal value, that the public had an appetite for this estate jewelry and antique or vintage timepieces, pocket watches, a 100 years old usually or more. But these old Deco wristwatches from the 1920s and 30s became quite a fashion in the 80s. And uh, even places like Ralph Lauren, were buying watches from us in their boutique stores all over the United States, and selling them as a fashion accessory to
0: men. Okay. Uh, and, and so you started basically with already some uh, big names around you, and you made my you made your way a little bit to um, to, to to the top. So how did you decide to build? your own brand the brand is
1: gray and sons or grayandsons.com and the items that we are selling are sold on our platform on the internet or on our catalog or in which we put out monthly by the way 84 page full color catalog that you can order online well, in our showroom, which is across from the world famous Bell Harbor shops. So, my brand is my name. Why would you buy a watch from me as opposed to Turno or Watchbox or Govberg or Crown and Caliber? The grandson's brand name for selling pre owned, refurbished, reconditioned, 100% authentic watches is because we've been doing it longer than anybody else. These other companies either were not in business or were new watch sellers. And they lately, in the last five or ten years, thought, well, why don't we sell used watches, our trade-ins. They used to sell me their trade-ins, many of these companies, and then I would refurbish them and resell them. And they decided to get in the space themselves. But it takes a lot more than just refurbishing and selling these watches. The after-sales service for a pre-owned watch, giving someone peace of mind when they're buying something that's not brand new, takes a great deal of effort with watchmakers on the premises, jewelers on the premises, and being able to get people their watch up and running in a matter of hours or a day or two instead of, Weeks or months is a concept that really the after-sales service. These people are still playing catch-up. When I say these people, I mean the uh, the competitors in the industry. There are there are maybe five or seven of us at the top of the food chain, and these people are only beginning to learn how to service their customers after they sell
0: an item. And indeed, you you had your own future right from the beginning and this uh, very important relationship with your uh, customers. Uh, do you remember the most expensive thing that you've ever sold? The
1: most expensive uh, item I sold uh, was about 1989, and we auctioned off a very rare, antique believe, that was worth $330,000. But after that, that was a lot of money back then, back in 19... I guess it was about 1989. And since then, I've sold more expensive things, but nothing more exciting than sitting in the auction with the clients and watching their family's heirloom uh, go for such an extraordinary amount. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to... Uh, be brokering the item and had refurbished it for the uh, for the auction house and therefore was able to participate at a very high level. You know, diamonds today are especially uh, bigger diamonds that are de flawless or extremely rare and they go for half a million dollars and up if they're five carats or more. So we have sold things like that, but nothing as exciting as uh sitting in an auction and watching two bidders around the world bidding it up.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, and I just want to say that back in 300000 back in 89, it's easily a million dollars of a day. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that that's pretty, pretty um, uh, wonderful, wonderful. So uh, why did you decide to work with vintage pieces? You, you know, when I was...
1: 11 years old, I was
0: walking to
1: the bus stop to go to elementary school, and I found this old man's rectangular-shaped watch on the sidewalk, and I put it in my pocket, and I walked to school, and when I got home, it it was broken and probably discarded by someone, but I found it just fascinating, and I took the tools that I could find in my house, which probably was a a kitchen knife and I butchered this poor watch and took it apart and broke it apart really is more like it and found hundreds of little gears and screws and um, capsules and it just was so fascinating that anything so small could have so many small components that it just, I stored that information. I later found out my grandfather was in love with timepieces, bigger clocks than I was exposed to. But I guess I had it in my blood from granddad, and it was just reignited. Uh, the DNA was reignited when I found that little watch uh, and then fast-forwarded to when I was 23 years old. The, the vintage pieces just spoke more to me when they were from the nineteen 1940- forty 40s, and 50s, it was like having a vintage car only on your wrist, everyone having character, everyone having unique quality, and they each had a story because they'd have been around for 30, 60, 70 years, and the people that owned them uh, would tell me that they got it as a wedding present, or they got it as a graduation present in 1950 or they graduated from medical school in 1945 and their parents rewarded them with something like that. So many, many, many more stories than that. Uh the the office uh put all their money together and for a retirement gift they gave the uh, the person retiring a very special timepiece to mark the Twenty-fifth or thirty-year anniversary of someone's departure from a fabulous company here in the United States, or or in Europe, or in South America. It became a tradition, really, to give someone a retirement watch. It became a tradition,
0: which has long since passed yeah. on, I think. But 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 also it became also recently. I mean, recently over the last uh, few years. People started to understand the value of uh, investment in um, in watches, and we see a lot of that with the internet. And now, talking about the internet, how internet did affect or change the way your company Gray Sons operates?
1: Gray and Sons was always a global company because we would do shows all over the world and. Germany, Italy, Switzerland, and we would attend world-class auctions, of course, in New York, California, and trade shows in Las Vegas, Pennsylvania. But the the thing that really made uh, the world get smaller is the Internet. Because everybody, even working out of their garage now with three timepieces, it sort of leveled the playing field in that if you have a nice website and you do a little work uh, with Google uh, Organic, you can pretty much get your timepieces, your inventory, to show up. And uh, this, you know, became a strong third leg of uh, platform for us from the They show them again across from Battle Harbor shops here in Miami Beach. And the catalog that we put out monthly, the, the Internet, it was like all I did was turn a switch on. It was like a light going off. And from the first day, I never looked back. The clients that were finding us locally and internationally, you know, we had a client from Dubai last month. Uh, call us on the phone, then text us and email us, and ended up buying a $239,000 watch. And we did it through FedEx, and it went through customs correctly, and it was all done through BankWire. And these are the kind of transactions that a customer would never find you before if you were not on the internet. So it's changed the business. It's one third, a little bit more than one third of our revenues now, and it has the largest growth possibilities of all our um, profit centers.
0: And indeed, indeed, I love you know that you have a foot, you know, uh, set in the traditional way to work with the clients, but also that your company grain sounds was able also to orientate themselves. Toward the new technologies and this new uh, way to to approach uh, clients. So before we starting to uh, reach the end of this wonderful interview, I'm, I have so many questions to ask you. Uh, what are you the most proud in your career? You know, I'm 63 years old. Actually, we're
1: celebrating our 40 year anniversary in March. So. Uh, Come a long way, and I've seen a lot of people coming and go. And I am so proud of the team that I have amassed, and that they are so good at what they do. When I'm not there, it's easy to have people present for you when you're in front of them, and maybe curse your name behind the scenes. But my people have drank the Kool Aid, and they really believe that we are a. Top world contender in the field that we are in, and they know that now again because of the internet, you can see that we are incredibly competitive, and perhaps less money than most anyone represented on the internet with better guarantees, the best guarantees probably in the world, and. You know, most people take the money and run, and they always orally promise the guarantees. But what we do, and the people know that work for me, we fight bloody to get that customer's watch back or jewelry back on their wrist or their neck or their finger where it belongs whenever there's a warranty that we uh, need to uh, show the customer who we are not before we took their money or during we, during the time of the transaction, but afterwards that there really is caring concern and we remember what it's like to be a customer and we treat them in the way we choose to be treated. Now, that sounds cliche-ish and almost um,
0: baloney, but the
1: truth is the truth. And if you try to do business with us, you'll see where we really shine is on the back end of any transaction after we Take your money you will get a call from us we will be holding your hands throughout the entire time because you now become part of our family and that's the
0: way we run the show this is a beautiful way of of you bringing this beautiful legacy also to the rest of your of your family and i know you support a lot of charity just tell us a quick word about the charity organization That you do support, please. Wanting to
1: be a veterinarian, I never actually got it out of my skin. Animals are a big love of mine. I've adopted four dogs. All of them were in line to be euthanized at the uh, animal uh, control center. And I'm a a big uh, philanthropist, and I donate money to the to the local and national animal controls, uh, they call them humane societies or um, uh, other people that have places where they are looking to keep dogs alive that have no other other place to go. And for people, you know, I, I, I donate money uh, to my prep school in a scholarship format so that the people that are less fortunate that uh, want to go to a great school and deserving of to go to such a school academically but don't have the money, I try to make it possible for them to get there. I also am very, very active in the Jewish community here in South Florida and so we are donating money to the Federation and to the cupboard, for people that can't feed themselves, either their they don't have their fixed income. Uh, these people uh, uh, need our help, and so uh, it's actually expanding the Jewish community now. I'm 100% it. We are trying to help those that are having trouble, The appears that people don't know about it, but there is tremendous uh, uh, starvation actually right here where people don't have enough food here. Uh, right here in South Florida, in areas and they're bringing food in they're delivering
0: it to the people and they're making a difference and that's very important to me too that's that's just a lovely time to to be with you and congratulations for all the things that you're doing you're definitely a very important personality and it's truly an honor to have you over the phone and and thank you really for all the great things that you're doing um to help other people but also carrying this this beautiful, beautiful um, company of yours, Gray and Sons, Gray and Sons. Really check the company. They are absolutely, absolutely uh, wonderful. So right now, more music to follow up on iHeartRadio. Mr. Gray, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank Thank you, David, and thank you for uh, for all your kind
1: words, and uh, thank you for giving me uh, the moment in time to express
0: myself. It was it was an honor. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Suriwa. I had the pleasure today on I Radio to have over the phone the owner of Gray & Sons. His name is Keith Addison Gray. What a lovely man. More music to come now on iHeartRadio. Stay tuned for my music.